Hey folks, this is Dr. Rob, and welcome to Overcoming Betrayal and Addiction, a podcast brought to you by Seeking Integrity Treatment Programs and hosted by me and my sidekick, Tammy. Say hi, Tammy. Hi, Dr. Rob. Thank you. Our show provides useful answers to your most asked questions about cheating, betrayal, and addiction. Let's get started. I first discovered my husband's infidelity a year ago. Back then, in order for me to stay, we signed an agreement, more like a commitment letter, that was that from day one, we both committed to the marriage. And if any of us um, to be unfaithful to the other, the unfaithful one would lose all of our common assets and children, custody, or Ooh. to the other party. A lot of things came out in the following months. Turns out it was not just simple infidelity. And my husband is in fact a sex addict with a large number of acting out behaviors. He is in 12 steps since September of last year. We have an upcoming formal therapeutic disclosure in about six weeks because I found out more lies three months ago. He has been pushing me really hard recently for canceling the agreement we signed before because he said he is an addict and he could relapse anytime and he does not want to lose anything because of that. Mm, I don't know if they're, hang on, let me go. Um, if there's a, um, well, I think I there, think I think there's another that. piece of it. So he, hang on. This is a long one. Well, okay. I am suspicious. He might have done something in between. He is afraid of the consequence if it comes out in disclosure. I told him whatever happened in between, I'm willing to let go. And the agreement we signed only apply after disclosure. Um, and I'm willing to sign a paper for that. Also, I'm considering canceling the agreement if I feel he finally has come to an honest place, but he would not agree and then threatened not to do disclosure. If he had a sleep or a slip or whatever, he would be, um, uh, or whatever, but he is he, being honest, honest with me, I would not mind. But if he is using the disclosure to manipulate me in order to cancel the agreement, I would really feel stupid and didn't want to trust him again. Dr. Rob, I really appreciate your opinion on this matter. That's complicated. I can't believe he signed so, that agreement, like, cause he knew like all this stuff. So that's kind of amazing. I'm just, well, yeah, I mean, I, as someone who's a new, I think one of the things about, let me try it this way. When someone's in treatment with us and they leave or they're on their way out of seeking integrity and I say, how are you doing with recovery? How do you think you're, you're going to do? And they say, I think I got this. I'm going to be sober. I don't think that's going to happen. I get what you taught me. I worry about them <laughs> because the person who leaves treatment and says, you know, I'm really scared that this might happen again. And you know, I don't know if I learned every lesson and I feel better that that person acknowledges that this is a lifelong journey. So the idea that it makes me uncomfortable that someone say from now on, I'm going to sign this contract. And because I don't think any addict can say that Tammy could drink tonight. <laughs> you know, I could go act out, you know, when I'm done with this call. I mean, I cannot promise you, we really can only promise that we're doing the things that we're supposed to be doing and we're being honest and open. But, um, and as much as I know you spouses would like to hear, I'll never do it again. And you do hear that from us. That's not a promise that we can make. Um, so I would never sign an agreement like that as an addict because I wouldn't be sure that I could keep it. What I appreciate about you is that you've shifted. You shifted from if you ever do this or if you do this again to after disclosure, which I think is really, really helpful. But then disclosure got canceled because of more lies. And um, so I so here's what I think. All agreements are off. 
throw them in the garbage because they don't mean anything. He will lie to you. You'll forgive him. You'll move the line. You know, he, he will beg you to, for, you know, it's just going round and round. So I, I don't think, I think you need to decide. Do you want to be with this person and see them through this struggle and realize that they're going to slip and realize that you're on a journey with this person for a couple of years before they really become the person you'd always wanted them to be and that they may never be able to agree that they will never slip again? I mean, in other words, what I hear again is this, and I, I, God bless you spouses, I completely understand it, but it's this desire for a control and a promise because you don't want your heart broken again. Neither would I. But if you're with an addict, there are no promises, there are no guarantees, and there is no perfection. So um, down to the question, um, if he's using the disclosure to manipulate me in order to cancel our agreement, I would feel really stupid. Um, I, I don't, disclosure isn't something you use. <laughs> disclosure is something you set a date for and you do it. And so this whole idea that, and in this side doesn't make sense to me, we have an upcoming disclosure in about six weeks because I found more lies. Okay. And then he wants you to cancel that. I, I don't, anyway, I, again, I find this, uh, this is a lot of stuff, but I would not put my relationship on, um, on how the, I don't know how to say, Tammy, can you jump in there? I well, like there's so much in there. It's really toward the end, I think. Yeah, but I, yes, I would not base all of my relationship on the disclosure. Um, so I think part of it is what are you seeing him doing? And I hear he's, it sounds like he's getting, you know, cold feet and going, Oh, oh, oh you know, I'm going to um, run to the restroom. I'll be right okay. back. But to me, it, 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 I, I think hold the line on disclosure that you're waiting to see more, you know, how the agreements go or not go. I mean, I, 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 there, you guys could get all tangled up in, and legal stuff. And, you know, I signed under duress or I don't even know, but I'm not an attorney. I'm not, don't take anything I say as any kind of legal, um, anything. However, you know, if, the, if, well, no, the purpose of a disclosure is to build a foundation, uh, you know, for the relationship to move forward. You know, if, if both of you are committed to that process that you are working on having this be, so that you can move forward in a different way based on different, you know, different behaviors. You know, he's been a sex addict for a long time. More has been revealed. You deserve to have that, you know, to set the foundation. And if both of you go into the disclosure, you know, the formal therapeutic disclosure with the idea that this is going to set a foundation for, you know, for the next chapter of our relationship and eyes wide open, we're going to, to work on having gating this than, you know, than dealing with the, the legal stuff that you signed or didn't sign or whatever, you know, that can absolutely be, you know, future stuff. I, I would, I would try to hold the, we're focusing on this because we want to have a foundation of recovery on which to build. That's my thought. Yeah. And I, I want to thank you, Tammy, because this is a lot here. And the other thing that um, I think is not being said is um, if I, and I say this spouse all the time, you want to, you're welcome to say, I'm going to leave you. If this happens again, I'm going to leave you. If you break this contract, I'm going to agree, leave you if you don't do this or that, but I got to tell you, and I'm pointing my finger now, if you say you're going to leave me, you better leave me because what you're doing is moving the line. Well, he asked this and then I, we were this, and then I changed the contract. Do you know what we addicts learn from that is that we can do whatever you want. 
because you're not you're we can manipulate you into changing the bottom line this man has manipulated you into changing the original agreement into pushing off disclosure you know um i, I just think that you know, you have a right to say, I want disclosure within three weeks and I don't care what you've done or what you haven't done or I need to know. And that may mean that I'm going to stay or go. I don't know. And it's fine to say, I don't know. But once you say, I'm going to do this, you better do it because we learn from that. And I know that all you spouses want to say, I'm crossing my arms now. If you ever do this again, I understand that Lord knows who wouldn't want that. But we really do have a mental health disorder. And I'm not making an excuse. I'm just saying that it can flare up under a lot of stress and a lot of, you know, if we're not taking care of ourselves. So I'm not making any promises to anyone that I'm going to do anything forever. Um, what I can promise is I will tell you if there's an issue. But this putting it off and changing it and putting it off, I think that's what confused me. It's like there wasn't just a straight line to this is what we agreed to do. This is what we're doing. For some reason, the, what do you call it? The thing got moved. Um, it got moved. The finish line got moved. Yeah, they moved the, you moved the finish line, and then it makes everything really confusing. So stick to your guns, pick a date, go forward, no matter what he says, and then you'll know what to do next. Yeah. Oh, also still, threatening. Yeah, yeah. Don't threaten. There's no point in threatening. Ask her what you want. You get it or you don't. I'm sorry, right. Ken. Well, no, and I think it's my bound. This is my boundary. You know, we're going to do this and it doesn't, then it takes the, you know, the intensity of the finger pointing and all of that, the fighting out of it. It's like, this is, you know, this is what we've agreed to do. We're going to move forward with this. I'm prepared, you know, for my part of the disclosure, I've got my support in place, da, 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 you know, whatever, but this is, this is what we're going to do now. The only caveat to that is if his therapist, you know, like, and this has happened where he hasn't done his whatever, but that's more data for you. I mean, if he is, you know, dragging his feet and not doing what he needs to do, which is different than he's trying really hard and he's just struggling to get, you know, like the pieces in place or whatever. So, so, um, but hopefully that's helpful. Okay. Next question. Good. We did good. Okay. My children are 9, 11, 13, and 20. My SA husband has always had a mental illness and sex addiction. I also have a history of depression. However, the last five years have been the worst on our family with the last year and a half since D-Day being, for lack of better words, a total shit show with both myself and my husband dealing with the consequence of discovery. Well, we've gotten better in some aspects with therapy, 12-step groups, et cetera. Our children are also in therapy. I know we are not to tell children about sex addiction. The question is, should we tell the kids therapists so that they know better what the children have been dealing with? If, um, if so, how much should we tell and why or why not? Um, well, I, I can only give a generic answer to that question because I don't know the kids. I don't know the circumstance. There's also a difference between a 20-year-old being in therapy and a four-year-old being. So I'm not sure who's being treated for what. Um, you know, that's, but I will say in general that um, if the therapist had a question for you, they'd ask. You know, um, if they felt that there were also if there were sexual concerns with the kids, like one of them was saying I was touched here or, you know, daddy, someone made me look at something. I didn't know. What, you know, if there were reasons to point in that direction um, or one of the kids said to you, you know, something like that, I would call a therapist and say, said the kids said this or I noticed that when she was with the babysitter, they did that. But I don't see any reason if I was seeing your spouse or anybody for or your kids for treatment that I would need to know. 
Um, now, I'd like to know that you guys have problems, that you haven't been getting along, that you separated, that you've been fighting a lot, that, you know, I would even be okay with, um, he might have cheated, and that's part of the, but um, I don't know that it's really that germane to the kids to know what it is that's driving your behavior. They just need to know that you're having it. Yes, they are arguing. Yes, they are unhappy. Yes, there are issues. They need you to validate their reality that things are not good, but they don't need you to tell them the details of why. Now, unless the therapist comes along and says, I want to know, or unless one of the ki kiddos, as Tammy says, would uh, show some sign that th there was concern. So my answer is, you know, I don't know all this situation, but I probably wouldn't um, unless there was a specific reason to do that. And the 20 year old, like you, like they would not be reaching back out as, you know, as parent guardian for the 9, 11, 13 year old, you know, they, they would, but the 20 year old is an adult. So um, right. Okay. All right. Next question. Thank you, Dr. Robin Tammy, for taking time out of your day to help us struggling addicts and partners of addicts. I am a 28 year old, young, gay male in early recovery. You mentioned previously that the opposite of addiction is healthy attachment. Three months of sobriety is helping me see how much pain I've been in all these years. I've I have a very demanding job and this week at work was very stressful and triggering. This past weekend, when I tried to turn to multiple people instead of my porn addiction for support, most of them were unavailable to hold space for me. I know life happens, but that really makes my heart hurt, and I feel so alone, especially when I always make myself available to hold space for others. I am fighting the urge to block every number I have and say, screw everything. <laughs> Hopefully, being in 12-step and recovery communities can help me build up a network of support, but in the meantime, what would you... What would your advice be to someone looking for healthy self-regulate without porn or people? Love you guys. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for being completely honest. And I can completely you know, relate to, I'm always there for people and no one's there for me. And I would have that drama with it. I'm not saying you are, but I'm like, that would have been my drama with it. It's like, you know, I do. So anyway, I, but I love that you're here. Um, so, um, if I am being of service to others, then I'm not, it's not all about me. So, so even if it's not within the recovery community and there's always opportunities to serve that, but you know, um, what, what can you do to be of service to other people? You know, some people go and volunteer at the humane society. Great. Cause then you get to, you know, play with pets and, and help, but, but, but I mean, do something that is meaningful for you, but that also is giving to someone else and do it without like, sometimes like, you know, the um, pay it forward without letting people know, like, you, like they don't even have to know that you did it. You know, I, I'm going to, I, 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 this is embarrassing, but I'm going to, I mean, one of the things I do like to clean up my community is I pick up trash. I'll even pick up dog poop that other people I don't. You were I can't believe You're it. Still I picking do. up trash. Tim? I do, but no, a litter, litter. Oh, I'm litter. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, not. But like, like, but, and I, you know, I don't. I can't believe I just said it on this. But anyway, but that's one of those things because it makes my environment look better, and I feel good about me doing that. Nobody else cares, you know. I'm sure, but but I do. And so, what are some things that get me out of me? and doing something else. I also spend more time in nature. That's really important to me to be outside and appreciating and visibly seeing, you know, other things. So the more things that I do, um, I have a recovery app, um, miracles of recovery that Harriet Hunter journaled 
you know, she was on with Dr. Rob. So, so it's one of those things where I do things, I have a plan because I know I disappoint people from time to time and they're going to disappoint me. So I have a backup plan of what am I going to do to make sure I don't get into a funk about, you know, whatever it is and, or, and put my hard earned recovery in jeopardy. Mm -hmm. And so, so, um, one guy said that the podcasts that are on sex and relationship he said, every time I thought about relapsing, I, I listened to a podcast and I was like, great, you know, great, whatever you need to do. Um, so that you don't, you know, uh, that, that, that righteous resentment and indignation, you know, it feels good in the moment, but it doesn't feel good in the long term. So, so thrilled you're here. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, I want to back that up, which is um, this, to me, asking this question is someone who's very dedicated to want to heal and do, showing up here rather, and even talking about the struggle and w what do I do and how do I, I mean, these are the kinds of questions. And I really want you to hear this. These are the kinds of questions that tell me that you're doing better than anything you just wrote. I don't care if you had three years or two months or sobriety, your spouse would. But what I care about is that you're thinking this way. Um, you're thinking about the future, you're thinking about the past, you're thinking about how to manage your sobriety, you're thinking about relationship. This is the stuff that we are here to do, and not just in therapy, but in places like 12 Steps. So I, I, in terms of how you're looking at it, I don't know what you're actually happening, but I, I really like what I'm seeing. I wrote five things down, because <laughs> that, um, and I don't want to do them in any particular order, um, but number one is I have a feeling that this brings up more feelings than just about what's happening now. Um, most sex addicts really struggle with abandonment. A lot of us really struggle with, as kids, we didn't get our needs met. I mean, we clearly put out what we needed like any child and no one responded or they responded in an inappropriate way. So reaching out and not having anyone respond um, would bring up feelings for me of being worthless or aren't I worth somebody answering the phone for? And I, I hear a little victim in there, I got to say, which is worth looking at, which is, well, look at all I do for others and they're not doing it for me. There's a little bit of victim in there, not because of what happened, but because of how you're responding to it. Um, I, uh, you said something, so I'm, I'm going down my numbers here. Oh, number two, I said, first of all, was, um, it may bring up some feelings in the past and that be a therapy issue. Number two is shit happens and maybe they couldn't answer the phone and maybe their kids were busy and, you know, maybe they got sick or you're reading into what uh, someone else does or doesn't do, I think is really more about you. Um, my question would be, do you have a fourth phone number? Do you have a fifth phone number? You know, what is your backup plan? Because um, it's kind of a numbers game sometimes and someone's with their kids and someone isn't feeling, you know, I think for us to, gauge our worthiness or are people kind or, you know, th that's a big conclusion for one afternoon when people happen to be busy. Um, it does make our heart hurt when someone doesn't respond. It does uh, make us want to run away and block every number, but that's human. Everybody can feel screw it. I'm just going to, you know, do whatever. And, and nobody cares. It's what you do again. What do you do with it? You know, you wanted to act out understandable. No one responded to you. Shit happens. But what choices are you going to make with that time? Um, what, and this is what Tammy said, and we do this at Seeking Integrity, the guys have a list. Well, if this doesn't work, I do this. And if this doesn't work, I do that. And by the way, I had a sponsor who said that he just, 
watched movie after movie after movie. Like that's what he had to do to make sure he didn't go out there. Um, lock the door, get in the bathtub. You know, sometimes it just takes whatever you can do to get you from leaving the house. But um, you said something I completely disagree with, which is how do you get, how do you really do this without former people? And the answer is you don't. Because as you said, or someone else, this is a disorder of attachment. We turn to behaviors and strangers or situations that aren't good to us to fill up the emptiness that we have because we're not connected to people. So you have a choice. You can either connect to people and make it a real effort and not blame them and shame them when they don't show, but just find somebody else, or you can act out, but you can't not do either one because this is a disease of disconnection. So if you're going to disconnect, then you're probably going to act out. So it isn't an it 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 is it is an either or, but it's not a both not both. Um, um, I also wrote what matters, and this is what matters is getting through it. It doesn't matter, you know. What, and I think this is a lesson for all addicts: is our feelings feel intolerable. You know, I just can't. And they didn't call, and I have no one to be with, and I'm so overwhelmed that I just got to fuck it. I'm going to go do this. An hour later, you know, if you went for a walk, had a sandwich, you know, looked at TV a little bit, it probably would be gone. Because one of the things that we really need to learn is that urges pass if we sit in them long enough and we do the right thing. So, you know, just because you wanted to go do something doesn't mean that you had to go do it. And I hope that you didn't, because the real lesson is not is in being able to get through the time when you want to do it. Um, I wrote a couple other things down. Pick a better group of friends. <laughs> Something I wrote down. You know, maybe these aren't, maybe your picker is not particularly good and you need to have a better picker. Um, and I would be at meetings watching, gee, who goes out for fellowship? Who goes out with coffee with people? Who sponsors a couple of people? I would be looking, don't look for the loners who are sitting by themselves because they're either easier to approach. They might be loners for a reason. So pick better people. And the last thing is that gay men in particular are, because we're men, it's hard for two, harder for two men to build a relationship because we tend to be a little competitive and want to one up each other and, you know, want to be right. And, you know, men do a little bit more of this, you know, antler stuff than sometimes women do. So I would when you have a man with a man, it is a harder to build a relationship because we both want to be right. We both want to be seen. It's a little different. So I think I would and I don't know if this is true or not, but I'd look for some straight friends. Um, I think just breaking it up and being with different kinds of people and who think in different ways might also really be helpful for you. Um, gay men in the world that we live in tend to have a harder time connecting. It's harder to build friendships. You know, we're not necessarily in church with kids and family. You know, we're not necessarily doing that. So in any case, I would, I would have a very broad spectrum for who I want to be friends with. And by the way, here's the good news. As a gay man, you can have a woman as their sponsor. You can go out with a bunch of women. I was going to say that. For a number of years. Yeah. And I was so grateful to have her because she knew exactly what I went through with men because so did she. I'm sorry. Why don't you go ahead, Tammy? I'm sorry to bust No, I was thinking that. I was like, but we women love you guys. I mean, so it doesn't matter. So yeah, like find, find friends they're out there. I, but I love that you were here and that you weren't, I don't want to just say, screw this, but you're here. And, and, uh, and that's great. And you got through it. And you know what, the next time this happens and it will, you'll go, Oh, I had a past experience where I got through it and it was hard. I'm going to do something a little bit differently to make it a little easier, but I got through it. So, okay. So next, you ready for the next question? Yes, ma'am. 
D-Day, 14 months ago, formal therapeutic disclosure five months ago, SA husband is working on recovery. Question, what would you recommend for me to do to work on my anger rage? I don't yell or anything, but my anger is eating me up, consuming my thoughts and gets in my way of healing. I am hurt, sure, but I am far more, by far mostly angry and offended by his choices. I know I didn't cause or deserve what he has done. And that makes me so angry. Mm. Um, what is FTD? I'm sorry, Tammy. Formal, Formal therapy disclosure. Okay. Yeah. It's been five months. I think your expectation of yourself that you're not going to be filled with anger and disappointment and all the time. And I think that's unreasonable. Um, I think that this is, what you feel at five months. Um, and it's only been five months, no matter how long it was since you found out the, the beginning of the safety and healing started at the disclosure. And so you've only been out this five months. And if you, you know, one of the things uh, that I say, I wrote this, I wrote this book called out of the Doghouse, a relationship saving guide for men caught cheating. And one of the things I wrote in there is to the men, which is, you know, you think after six months, you give some flowers, you say, I'm sorry, you're going to lots of meetings and that your partner is not going to be angry anymore or they're going to forgive. But what it says in the book is it, it's a year at least. I think it's 12 to 18 months before you guys really put down that sense of it, it lowers and lowers and you're less reactive and, you know, provided we're doing what we need to be doing and we're leaving you feeling safe. But I, 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 and, and I have another answer for you, which is go get angry with a bunch of other women that this has happened to, because, you know, we, we do these uh, support groups for betrayed partners. And I think we have a betrayed partner course coming up. Um, you're not the only one who gets confused by these issues, who doesn't know how to do them. But I will tell you, go to some of those groups and you, you will hear a, a bunch of other men or women, depending on the group you go to say, I hate them. And I feel like I'm going to hate them forever, even though it's been six months or eight months, or when am I going to get over wanting to kill them? And well, it might take a while, you know, and one of the things I hear from spouses a lot is when are things going to go back to normal or when I'm, when am I going to feel normal? And you know, what I say to all of you, and I hate to say it is crazy is your new normal and you're going to be feeling and acting and doing things that you are very different than how you've been in regular life, because this is not regular life. This is crazy making situation. So I think that you have to accept that crazy is your new normal. And that means being offended and being angry and, you know, all that kind of stuff, because, um, what did you say? I didn't cause or deserve what he's done. And that makes me so angry. Um, no, you're right. You had nothing to do with what you could have danced on the head of a pin and he would have done what he did. But I guess when it gets too offended, all I can tell you is that um, I don't know your spouse um, and I don't know whether he is malicious and intended to hurt you, but most of us um, are not bad people, but we're really broken and literally broken into pieces. That's why our program is called Seeking Integrity. It's about putting those pieces back together. So there is a part of me as an addict that will go do whatever I want to do and I won't think twice about you because I want to go do what I want to do. Um, and that isn't really about you. It's about my craziness. But when I bring it home and you find out about it, it becomes very personal. Uh, and also, I would never do that. And I thought I wasn't with someone who could ever do that. Well, the person you were with probably wouldn't do that. But the person they are when they're out there in the world being an addict, all bets are off. So I guess it's more complicated than than a lot of us would like it to be. It's been six months. I heard this. They're doing the right thing. I should be feeling better. 
we're all individuals. It's different for everyone. I will say this. If you get to about a year and you're just as angry as you were and the addict in your life is doing what they need to be doing, you know, I would sort of say, well, why haven't I moved off this space at all in a year? Um, because you should be sort of slow. It's like a roller coaster ride. It's really big at the top, and then it should slowly slow down. And if that isn't happening, you know, in a year or so, I'd be really, I would be concerned. But at this point, be as angry as you can be. Um, try not to hit anyone. We'd appreciate that. I have a couple of things to, to tag on. Yes, we do have a betrayed partner work group starting in April, and that is on the um, same link that the uh, out of the doghouse, out of the abandonment wound, the inner child, the sex addiction 101, porn addiction 101, all are. So, so check those out. I mean, they're all, but they're all six weeks for two hours. Is that what they're for 90 minutes a week, live facilitated. So there's a bunch of great support in there. And, you know, we're talking about, um, uh, you know, the, you mentioned for the person that was going like, I just wanted to say, screw that. I was like abandonment wounds, like totally understand that. Um, but, but for this partner, like, um, I, I posted the link. So on, uh, sexandrelationshiphealing.com under the resource tab, you'll find these. This one will be posted tomorrow. But Debbie McRae did two on grief and she talked specifically about the anger and she gave practical tools to use to help work through that because because I I know how you feel. I that rage and and it's you know like even if you don't say it, you're feeling it and it's just yeah, it's a horrible feeling but there are things you can do and she shared a number of practical tools to help you know help navigate that and 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 to help you you know be able to to uh, move through the stages and you you know they're not linear and you don't go oh got that one and then you know you never have to experience that again but as dr rob just said you know it's a roller coaster and they'll start softening um and you will start to be able to say oh i do see you know i do see distance i do see progress and that's you know that's a gift so so check that out i'm sorry we're out of time but i think you'll find that useful too. I just want to add one, one other thing to this, which is it sounds like this person's being really hard on themselves. Like my anger is eating me up and I want to get rid of it and I can't heal. And this is where your healing is, is in this anger right now. A lot of us feel like, well, when I feel like that, like better relieved, then I'll be in my healing. You're in your healing right now. Anger is like, you know, cleaning out a wound and you can't heal it unless it gets cleaned out, but it hurts like an M like a, you know how it hurts. Yeah. So um, give yourself some grace to be angry um, and join with other women who are going through this. So you're not alone. Thank you for listening to this episode of overcoming betrayal and addiction. If our words have led you to seek help, please reach out. You can always find us at www.seekingintegrity.com.